Hallelujah. Praise his name. Come on, praise his name. He's worthy. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Can we praise his name? Can we give him honor? Can we give him glory in this house? If we could just all stand just for a moment and thank him for who he is. Come on, let's give him a praise break in this house. He's worthy of all praise. He's worthy of all honor. We thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. God, I just pray over these next few moments that you would have your way in this house. Touch hearts as only you can. Use me as a vessel in the master's hand. I pray, God, that each person's ears would be open and receptive to what you have to say to them. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the cross, Lord God. We thank you for bringing us in. We thank you for adopting us, Lord God. We thank you for being the substitution. We thank you for forgiving us for our sins. We thank you, God, for loving us so much that you would reveal yourself to us and bring us back to the Father. I pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. And the saints said, and the saints said, Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. How many of you are handy men or handy women in this place? All right. Let me see that again. I didn't see any women's hands up. I know, Angel. Okay. I'm not. I stink at it. But I gave it a shot recently. Uh, our pool broke down. And I thought that I would fix the, uh, the filter. It was broken, I'm tired of the pool uh, being green. And so um, I went on YouTube and they got this how-to thing. I mean, there was so many people out there that, that's doing the how-to. And so I just said, you know what, let me listen to this guy. And I listened to him and I went to the store, got some PVC pipe and I got a pipe, a PVC cutter and I started working. And I fixed it. And I, I, I stood back and I was like, there's no uh, leaks. So I knew I did it right. And I put my hands on my waist and I was like, I'm, I'm a man. I was all by myself. But I was like, I'm a man. But how many of you know that there are situations in life that you just cannot fix. As a pastor, I've, I've realized that you receive calls and, or people will tell you things that you know you can do nothing for them except pray. Pastor, he said he was going to be with me forever, and he left me. Pastor, she said she was going to be with me forever to death, do us part, and they left. Pastor, I received a report from the doctor and the doctor said this and so in those situations we we have options right we can depend on ourselves but we realize that self-reliance just just doesn't work we can go to ourselves first but but that doesn't work so we can go to others we could post it on facebook our problems we do that right we you know um we do that we're going to work and Somebody gets in our, on our way. I don't, how do you guys, 
post on Facebook. I have such an issue posting on Facebook just sitting in an office. Y'all can post while you're driving because you'll say, you know what, this I-4 traffic is crazy. Post it on Facebook, right? Or somebody just, they almost hit me and you post it on on Facebook. Y'all are amazing that way, but I, I can't do it. But we're crowdsourcing, right, counseling on Facebook. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't go to others, but that should not be our first option. And then there's a third option, which would be, you know what, I'm in this situation. Maybe this is penance. Maybe God is punishing me for something that I did 5, 10, 20 years ago. But I don't serve a God that pays back. I serve a God that pays in full. And so I know that God is not trying to pay me back for something, and I don't want you to think that either. God is not trying to pay you back. Could it be that God is trying to build something inside of you called faith? Could it be that God is trying to build your faith, not to do something to you, but to do something through you? Come on, somebody. Could it be, I'm just saying, that God wants to to build your faith. I don't want you to stay stuck, but the best option is to go to God. Always. The best option is to go to God first. I just want to give you guys a few verses before we move on. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Y'all know that verse, right? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because faith has to do with trust. And if you don't trust God, God is not pleased with it. It is impossible to please God, and he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, who are hard after God, who press into God. The Bible says, ask and it shall be, seek, it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. The Bible also says, That we walk by faith and not by sight. And we hear that a lot. But can I give you guys some examples of that, even in your your own life? But first, can, can we start at Noah? We all know that Noah built an ark, but what is rain to Noah? It never rained. But by faith, not by sight, he built an ark and saved his family. How about Abraham, that God told him to leave the city that you're in, and go to a place where I will show you. He just took off. He packed his family on God's word. He just left. Then he said, you know what, I know you're 100 years old, but you're going to be the father of many nations. I don't have a child. I'm going to give you a child. Just go and be with your wife, Sarah. Then the Bible also says that the just shall live by faith, that there is a walk that comes along with this. How many of you know that the Bible tells us that God himself, God calls those things that are not as though they were? God is the one that calls those things that are not as though they were, not us. So when we see things, it may not be how we see them. God may be trying to build something in you to do something greater. Amen. First Samuel chapter 1 and verse 2 through 7. And I'll get to my first point. 
say Hannah. Okay. Just trying to wake y'all up. I know my wife uh, did her best to wake y'all up. She's anointed, isn't she? Separated for the work of the Lord. Amen. Say Hannah. If you don't know Hannah, you're about to get to know Hannah. Hannah is a woman in the Bible who could not have a child. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 12 through 18, it says, As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Let me go back to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2. Sorry. He had two wives. Well, this story already starts off crazy. We'll save that preaching for another day. <laughs> Call Hannah and the other Panina. Had children, but Hannah had none. Year, uh, year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh. Where Hophni and Phanenis, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Panina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. There is a deficit. The deficit is faith's opportunity, a gap between where you are now and where you want to be. Things just don't look right, but I know that they're going to be okay. There is a deficit, and she is suffering from a deficit from a gap here that she's desiring for God to do something in her life. I remember when Lene was born, um, Madi, first time mom. Something was going on with Lene. I, I believe she started vomiting. She wouldn't eat. And I don't know, with these doctors, they give you the, just the worst news. And they were like, maybe there's something wrong with her digestive system. And so we went nuts. We went crazy. I was like, oh, my God. You know, and I don't, I don't believe that we were walking with the Lord at this time. But I do remember praying and asking God, God, you got to do something. This, this is my baby. I, I don't know, was she even a month old? She might have been a few days old. Three weeks, thank you. But this is my baby, I already love her. That's love at first sight, when you see your child. And they gave us this news, and there's nothing we could do. Except sit back, pray, and ask God, God, you need to do something about this. Well, we get to the doctor and we find out that my wife has been gorging my daughter, you know, because breasts aren't clear. 
So she didn't know how much to feed her, but they gave us the, the, the good news that there's nothing wrong with her digestive system. But here's my point. You pray differently when there is a deficit. When there's a deficit, you pray differently. When there's a song about healing that comes on and you've been healed, you worship different. You praise different. You jump higher. Come on, somebody. You give the Lord praise. You thank him. Don't think that person is crazy because they're going off about God. They're not crazy. They're not crazy. They're not weird. They've just been in the deficit. They've been in the gap and saw what God can do as a result of being in the gap. And they worship him just a little bit harder because they've been there. Come on now, you're looking at me like I owe you something. Do I owe you something? Do I owe somebody money? I, do I owe somebody something? This is a word for you. This is a word for you. Receive it. Because if your back is not up against a wall now, just live. Just live. So, that situation was a false alarm. But then there's a situation with my thyroid. Very real. It's still very real. Y'all pray for me. I got to go in this month to get it checked again. But with the thyroid issue, I'm going in there. They're talking about cutting out my thyroid. We prayed a little bit differently. Right? Y'all prayed hard for me, didn't you? Y'all prayed every single night. Some of y'all even got skinny because y'all was fasting and praying for your pastor. Come on, was y'all praying for me? Y'all was praying hard, wasn't you? And God heard you. He heard you and he changed the situation because he can. Let me just say something really quickly about the deficit, when you're in the deficit, your faith muscles are being built in the deficit. I've never seen faith grow in comfort. I see faith grow in diversity. That's where faith grows. Faith starts to grow when you're in the gap. Amen. And when you look at Hannah's situation, I don't see her faith growing yet. But when your faith muscles are being grown, guess what God's going to say? I got something for you. I got something greater for you. Check this out. I think we pray uh, counterproductive. Because the moment something happens, we don't ask God, God, and listen, y'all, I'm blaming myself too. I do this as well. We don't ask God, Lord, is this something that you want me to have? Are you trying to build something in me for something greater? We, the first thing we say is, God, use me. And then the next prayer is, God, take it away. Take these problems away. And God is saying, the gap is a gift. 
I'm trying to build something in you because I want to do something greater with you. I have a greater destiny than you can ever imagine for yourself. But we want to remove it. We want to take it away. God, get it out of here. But God is saying, no, I want to do something through you. Let me build your faith. You know when you exercise, you're getting stronger. And when you're not, you're getting flabby. And God is exercising your faith. You say, God, I want you to use me to touch people. I want you to use me to touch my city, to touch my neighborhood, to touch my schools. And God is saying, okay, for you to do that, I need to build your faith. And the moment that he builds your faith, we say, no, but what if? What if God is saying, I want to use you as the bridge for people to climb upon to get to the cross? And if you don't have the strength to be able to uphold it, if you don't have the strength because you didn't exercise, it's going to collapse. So Hannah, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 12 through 18, Hannah can't have a child. Hannah's upset. So the Bible says, as she kept on praying. As she kept on praying. If we have the deficit being faith's opportunity, then the word is faith's foundation. As she kept on praying, the Lord, Eli, observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Have you ever prayed that hard? That you prayed so hard that nothing was coming out of your mouth. That you prayed for so long that you couldn't think of anything else, else, else to say to God. Have you prayed like that? How long are you going to stay drunk? This is what the priest said to her. Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a, for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace. The pastor told her to go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something. Remember, when she was praying before, she wouldn't eat. She received the word and now she goes and she eats. Listen, you know what? The first thing that goes when we're in crisis is our appetite, at least for me. For some people, that's the first thing. When they're in crisis, they just eat up stuff. But for a lot of us, it's not that way. We stop eating. And in this case, the word had came to her. If we're anchored in God's word, if our souls are anchored in what God has to say about us, then we start to feel God's peace in our lives. And she felt God's peace. 
Ladies, have you ever been on a date and the dude that you're with, and I hope that it's your husband, and the dude that you're with was so, he was so fine, if I could say it that way, or he was so, he was so handsome, or she was so fine that you couldn't eat? That they, t- they took you out to dinner. Look, y'all laughing because y'all got wise at It was like, give me the filet mignon. Well, that says a lot about you. <laughs> I'm joking. But have you ever been on a date like that? That you couldn't eat because the person that you were with, they just took your appetite away. No? Okay. Where did my wife go? I'm, pr- I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. No. I'm going to ask this question again. I'm going to ask this question again because, listen, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. Ladies. Have you been out on a date with somebody that you thought was so handsome? I, I'm trying, listen, I'm just trying to help y'all out any way that I can. Because didn't I, not one hand have go up, gone up yet. And so I know that the husbands are feeling like, what is wrong with her? Have you been out somewhere where you know, with your significant other. When you first met, you, well, let me, let's do it like this. Did you ever get butterflies, y'all hungry women? Did you ever get butterflies? Thank you, oh my gosh. I got a hungry church. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. We know what this church is. I know how to fill this church up. We need potlucks after church every service. And we'll have a packed house every single service. Yes. People like to eat. They're like, no, Pastor. I mean, my stomach was, I mean, I felt butterflies, but the, the food moved the butterflies to the side and The word is faith foundation. One of my favorite people in the Bible is Peter. Peter was, he was this guy that would just say things and then think about it later. But you can fill a church with a person like, with people like Peter. People who are 75% saved. Those are great people to build a church with. Peter carried a blade, cutting people's ears off. But you know why I love Peter? Because Peter had faith, and he showed it. See, when everyone else was afraid to step out of the boat, Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, and he said, Lord, if that is you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come on. The way we see this story, 
is so negative. He stepped out on the water, and I don't care if it was for five seconds. He stepped out on the water, and he walked. All we want to talk about is that he sank. I want to talk about the fact that he walked. He walked on water. See, if just for a moment, if you can walk on water today, the only thing that people would talk about was the fact that you walked on water. But because society is so negative, the only thing that we see is that he sank because he took his eyes off of Jesus. I don't have no problem with Peter. I got a problem with the 11 that didn't get off the boat. That's who should have got off the boat. Because Jesus would have said, come on, come on, come on. And Jesus is looking for people who are anchored in his word that will step off of the boat. If even for five seconds you showed that you have faith. Come on, somebody, and give them praise and give them glory in this place. The word is faith's foundation. If the word is faith's foundation... And the sacrifice is faith's test. Hannah, I have to set this up so we'll know about what's going on. Hannah told the Lord that he, if he gave her a child, that she would give him back. I'm going to give him back to the temple. Who would do that? I don't know. I'm going to give him back to you, God, if you give him to me. And her husband was about to go up to the temple. And here's what happened. He asked her, do you want to come up with me? And she said, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked to him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped, and he worshiped the Lord there. Now, here's the deal. She is going to give the child back after the child is weaned which means that the child is at least two years old, at least two. He could have been three. She is about to give her child back to the Lord, bring him to the temple. Who would do that? She promised, listen to this, I don't believe that the test for Hannah was believing for Samuel. I believe the test for Hannah was returning Samuel after he was already in her arms. The test was Hannah, I am going to give you what you want, but you have to hold him, you have to keep him, you have to take care of him with the open hand because you're going to be giving him back to me. And a lot of us, God has healed us and we've grabbed it with an open hand and we haven't. And God has blessed us and we've taken the blessing and we didn't have an open hand, sorry, a closed hand. We have closed hands. And God says, if I bless you, have an open hand with it. And this is what she had. 
She had an open hand to give back to God because she believed. Listen. Faith is not God doing what you ask for. Faith is you doing what God asked for. And when we get that perspective, when we understand that, that is when we start to have true faith in God, the real faith. Because, oh, I got faith to have this and to have that and to have this. But God says, are you doing what I asked for? Because when you do what I asked for, then the blessing will come. We're going to praise a little bit differently in this place. We're going to worship just a little bit differently in this place. Because we're going to see God's hand in this house. The Spirit of God is here. And he is restoring things. He is putting things back into place. But we have to have the right perspective on faith. Faith is not weird. The Bible says that there's evidence of faith. And when I think of faith, I think of evidence, I think of a courtroom. And when you're in a courtroom, and hopefully none of us have been there, when they're going to decide whether you're innocent or whether you're guilty, they need evidence. There should be faith, evidence in our lives. When our backs are up against the wall, Stop thinking that God is doing something to you, but that God desires to do something through you. It is his desire to move in your life. It is his desire for you to experience blessing. The Bible never said that you would not suffer. The Bible never said that you would not have pain. The Bible never said that there would not be grief in your life. It never says that. But it does say that you have an advocate that hears you, that can relate to you. It does say that you're forgiven for your sins. It does say that you will spend the rest of your life with him. It does say that he is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. So he is consistent to do what he said he was going to do for you. Come on, somebody. A faith perspective, the right perspective on faith. If we could just stand to our feet. Hannah did not need a son. She didn't need a son. But God needed a prophet. And it was Samuel, her son. And he was the one that anointed the first king of Israel, Saul. And he would be the one that would anoint David. Look at what God does. And Jesus would come through the bloodline of David, your savior, as a result of her saying, God, hear me. God, help me. The Bible says that Samuel's words never hit the ground. Everything that Samuel said, God heard. As a matter of fact, Samuel's name is God Hears. God heard his mother, 
and God heard him for all of his life. And without Samuel, David is not anointed. And without David, there's no bloodline of Jesus. Look how the Bible works. Look how God works this thing out. And you stand here today saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit of God because of what this woman did. God connects dots all the way through the scriptures, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Every name that is mentioned, he is using to get you right where you are today. He's that amazing. He is the sovereign God. He's that good. He's that bad. He's awesome. Think about this. I've said this before in my closing. Think about the people that are significant in your life. Now remove them and tell me where would you be? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea where I would be without her. I would no idea. I have no idea. I wouldn't have Bobby, whom I love, and Lene, whom I love, and Jordan. No, I'm just kidding. I love you. I wouldn't have Jordan, whom I love dearly. You know I do. Think about it. Remove someone significant. I want you to see the hand of God over your life. How did we get to know each other? Think about how God orchestrated this. Think about what God desires to do and what he wants to do. And he does it through faith and through his sovereign hand. How did I get to know you? Why are you here today? Why are you saved if you are? How did he get you where you are? Think about your spouse. Think about where you would be without her or without him. Think about it. Think about where you would be without your children. Look at God and what he does. When I look at my parents, and I'm closing, when I look at my parents, God gave me to two parents that love God. And those two parents would bring me to church. Boy, I hated church. I couldn't stand church. But I was listening. And God was touching my life the whole time that I was there. And I would go back into the world. Once I turned 18, I told my parents, they knew. I said, once I'm 18, I'm out of here. I'm kind of tired of Jesus. I'm tired of God. I'm tired of all this speaking in tongues. I'm tired of this praying and y'all praying for three hours. I'm going to eat. So my parents were. My dad would get off work and go upstairs for three hours. I'm like, God is tired of listening to you. There's not that many people on the planet. We say, son, you need to learn how to cry out to the Lord. But when I look at the parents that he gave me, and then what they instilled in me, and then I met this girl at my prom, and she would change the trajectory of my life in the way that I would go. I'm interested in this God promise me I got injured on a bicycle she said promise me that we're gonna go to church look at God she didn't know what church was 
promise me? Sure. And I lied. I didn't go. Then eventually, God would change my life forever. It's done. It's done. It's complete. It's written. I'm going to heaven. My name is in the Lamb's book of life. Robert Lewis. I know that was my middle name. Very Hispanic. Robert Luisito Bennett. Robert Lewis Bennett. Enter in. I'm going to heaven. You're coming, you're coming with me. And when we get there, I may act like I don't know you. I'm just kidding. We're going to heaven. Are y'all excited about that? People don't get excited enough about heaven. We got to stop loving this world so much. Stop loving the world so much. I'm starting to think about heaven every single day, not because I want to die, but because it gives me the strength to carry on. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for each person that is in front of me today. I pray, God, that we would understand what true faith is and that we should not depend on ourselves, that we should not depend on others. We should not be satisfied with being stuck, but that we should depend upon you, that we should have faith in you. God, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given me to speak your word today. I pray, God, that it is landed upon good ground, that it would produce some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. We thank you, Lord. We don't ever like to end our services without giving someone an opportunity to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. He has forgiven you for your sins. All you have to do is ask for forgiveness and he will forgive you for your sins. With all eyes closed, all heads bowed, if you say today, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want him to lead me. I want him to teach me. I want to be able to pray to him and him give me direction. I want him to forgive me for my sins today because I know that he died for me. If that is you, if you would just lift your hand right where you are. I see the hand. Is there anybody else? Is there anyone else? Hallelujah. I see the hand. Is there anyone else? I see the hand. Come on. Is there anybody else? Amen. You guys can put your hands down. Hallelujah. We just thank you, God, for those hands that were lifted. We know that there's a party going on in heaven for just one that would repent of their sins. And we glorify you today. Come on, give them praise. Give it up. Give it up for Jesus. Give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Man.